All right, welcome everybody to Gaming Generations GG. My name is Will. And I'm Curtis. And we're going to talk about this week our top five RPGs, JRPGs, or anything that resembles an RPG in general. So this is not our 100%. This is what's going on right now in our lives and what we feel is RPG at this time. So, Curtis, I'm going to start with my number five, which is Boulder's Gate. Um, the game was originally released in 1998, and it was released on the PC and Mac, obviously. And like last week, we're looking at a Bioware game. Uh, again, Bioware brought it to the, to the station here. It has amazing story. The way that they built it was, was above and beyond what we're typically used to in RPGs at that time, at least. The franchise in general, Forgotten Realms, is something that I've played in all different platforms, um, including book platform DD world. So it's definitely in my top five at this time. Boulder's Gate. What console did you play it on or or platform? It was PC. Yeah, it was PC. The original. Now I played it on multiple platforms, but as far as as the original. It was PC. I'm trying to remember. I swear that game was like four CDs back in the day. It, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's just like Icewind Dell. I mean, it definitely had several CDs. I'd have to pull out my original copy. Um, now I think I have it on Steam. But knowing knowing those games at that time, it definitely probably was multiple CDs. And if I remember correctly, that, that game was based a lot on uh, DN, or advanced D&D, so it, it was pre-third edition D&D, and yeah. uh, I, I'm trying to remember, did it give you a standard character for your, your main character, or did it was it a custom character generator? It was second edition, um, as far as AD&D goes, and then, yeah, you generated. It's been a while. But uh, yeah, you went through. It was it was definitely a, a click and move. You had the abilities to to you know store items, use items. You know, it was a typical a typical uh, RPG of the time. But I I think the reason why it makes it on this list is because of not only this game but what it brought out into the future. Yeah, I, I think that that's really really important for RPGs. Like what one-offs are really hard to tell you that they're good. The really good ones are something that spawn into another IP or a full IP and something beautiful. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, they had several runs in the the Dungeons and Dragons uh, book series. There's board games, and then again into into the actual gaming area. I mean, there's a million Forgotten Realm games, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it really grew, and it did really well. Yeah, I, I remember loving playing Baldur's Gate. And what's your number five, boss? All right, number five coming in today is Disgaea. It is a turn-based tactical. You play uh, the son of the the ruler of the Netherrealm, and he wakes up from a coma two years after his dad died, and now you're trying to protect the nether realm so that you can take it over by fighting off all these different demonic lords. 
Well, that sounds really fun. What system did you play this on? So I first played it on DS, but it's, I want to say it's came out on pretty much every system. I want to say PC, DS, Switch, Wii, PlayStation 2, 3, 4. Unfortunately, we don't see it on the Xbox. So Xbox lovers, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to have to find another platform. <laughs> and the original release date was January 30th, 2003. From uh, the developers, Nimpon Ichi Software. Oh, wow. So it, it definitely sounds like it, it ran its course. Um, and I guarantee that most likely most of the Xbox players probably have another platform anyways. But it definitely sounds like a fun game I would love to play. Yeah, and, and the really neat thing about the, the game is so you get... You get named characters, which we all know named characters are always amazing. But then you also can take on these uh, other monster or human-type classes, and they they have different skills depending on what you want, and you can name them, and you can change their coloring. There's lots of depth in it. You you know, you're not just managing your roster. You're managing the nether realm. And then once you get to a certain point, there's an assembly um of like all the the demons in your land that get together and kind of like the senate and they'll approve or deny like things that you're trying to do so like if you want to go to this new place or if you need extra funds you go to them and you try to convince them oh wow is it a turn-based game or is it a an action game uh push forward game yeah no it's it's completely turn-based so when you're in your base you it's like an action you can walk around and you can you know explore your your main base area but as soon as you go through one of the portals you actually you know hit the grid of like a chessboard that's multi-leveled it's it's more like a final fantasy tactics um where you can hit multiple levels and try to fight through it. Wow, that sounds super fun. I'll have to I'll have to pull that one out or, or try to find that one because I I don't know that I've played that game. It definitely definitely sounds like one that I would like to try out. And I, I think the the reason why this game really holds out over a a lot of games that are out there right now that honestly deserve to be on both our lists is uh, humor. Mm-hmm. This mm. this game made me laugh. Like it pokes fun at itself, tries to break the fourth wall. It puts dead people inside pink stuffed penguin bodies that you can throw as bombs. So I, I just there's so much about this game to love. There's nothing better than throwing humor into a, a serious role playing game, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that brings me to number four, which is probably one of my favorite games on the PlayStation Two. This game you you really can't go wrong with. It's bringing two of my favorite franchises together, Disney and and Final Fantasy, obviously. And that's Kingdom Hearts. The original Kingdom Hearts on the PlayStation 2 was absolutely amazing. It, it, it brought a world that you, you really have never seen before. And as far as, as being able to go run through with Sara, the, the main character, and, and interact with these, these characters from Disney and from Final Fantasy just, just makes this a, a, a top five for me. Yeah, th- this is this is one that that I can always pull up and and play at any time. And the great thing is is that it has been remastered. It's been brought back, and you can definitely play it on the new consoles now. So, yeah, Kingdom Hearts is is definitely in my top five. So I'm I'm sad to say that I have never played 
Kingdom Hearts, it actually didn't really appeal to me. I, I didn't like the the addition of the Disney characters into what looked like a Final Fantasy world. It, it really threw me off really badly. So uh, for people that never even tried it, like what what one thing would you say to them to, to get them to try the game? And exactly what you said. First off, it's not taking Disney characters that are going to run around with balloons and having a good old time in the Disney park. It's definitely Disney characters that could put serious on. You know, if, if you played some of the old Disney games, I mean, even, even some of the old platformers, um, the Magical Quest and, and of Mickey Mouse, you know, starring Mickey Mouse, it wasn't it wasn't all kumbaya you know i mean you had a platformer there you know and there, there's many more and that that's an actual whole nother series that i want to talk about because i have tons of disney games that i just absolutely adore going through all all my old consoles but yeah it, it, it's a serious mode it's a serious situation do you get some, some comedy in it absolutely i mean you need that but it actually performs as a, as a great story. And again, you get Final Fantasy in there. So what's a better blend? And for me, I had the complete opposite reaction. I saw Disney and Final Fantasy coming together. Yeah, it was a win-win for me. And, and I'm super glad that I haven't looked back since. It's kind of weird trying to go through and trying to figure out how the story stack. But for me, one through three, that's the way to go. And they're labeled. So you'll, you'll be able to, to figure that one out, but definitely check it out. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. I'll have to, it's, it's a great game. I'll have to go back and put that on my wish list and get, give it a good opportunity. Cause honestly, I, anything that looks way too cartoony, like I write it off immediately. Like, I loved watching those shows when I was a kid, but you know they don't seem well, action adventure to me. Don't don't worry because at this point now, knowing this, I didn't realize you've never played Kingdom Hearts. This is something we probably talk, should have talked about years ago. I got a PlayStation Two waiting for you in Kingdom Hearts, so don't worry about it. You'll be playing it soon. <laughs> Perfect. Really knocked this one out of the park. Uh, it it had choices. It it didn't like lock you into a certain role. You could explore a galaxy and you know different planets. You could land and check out different animals, even on some of those planets. I I guess uh, it's gonna be a, a throwback to to our last episode. Number four for me is Mass Effect. It is yeah. probably the best game that i have ever played in the entirety of gaming when i look at gaming i i really want that story i want that in-depth thing i devour games like people devour books and i think that mm -hmm. bioware and then it leads you into a new universe it starts off a brand new ip that is just amazing so not just mass effect one but going into mass effect two mass effect three it set up the story so well that you can't not put it on the list yeah and, and I'll, I'll be the first to say i love mass effect it didn't make it on my list um but my number three actually which i'll get to in a minute is actually probably the reason why mass effect is so good but um 
like we said last week, it, it's a beautiful rendition of storytelling, um, action. You know, it's Space Cowboy. We said it last week. It, it's just an amazing game. And with that, I want to say here that I promise everybody we're not Bioware fanboys. This is not something that, you know, is planned because neither Curtis nor myself knows what's on our top five list. This is a surprise for us just as much as you. What's your number four, boss? Uh, number four for me. But my number three is, is KOTOR, Star Wars, also a Bioware game. So, like I said, this, this wasn't planned. But when I'm running down my list, there's a couple of Bioware on there again. And the reason why I guess it comes right back to it, storytelling. They, they have the ability, regardless of what portion of the company is making a game, um, they produce great storytelling. And this one, you know, it was on my Xbox. I, I got it. And, you know, it's 4, 000, about 4,000 years before the Empire. It gave us a, a feel of what we wanted to know happened prior to what you got in the movies. It was, to me, probably the first view game. And trust me, we, we've all played tons of Star Wars video games. But to me, this, this made me feel like I was in the story. And, you know, obviously the outcome, which we won't spoil makes you feel that way and that's that was the purpose of the game and and again bioware not to you guys um i hope you're listening because we can use you know use that extra help but it's another one of your 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 gems and it's beautiful game and it's something that i hope that they take a page out of the mass effects world rebuild this one and two you know give us give us a remaster don't change your story you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that's a perfect story either, just like Mass Effects. But what you guys have is 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 amazing. And uh, give me a remaster. I want I want next generation graphics with next generation controls. Let me let me have it again because I'll go through this game a million times. You know, it's it's really neat what what Bioware has done with two very different <laughs> but very similar space franchises. I would love to see them do something similar in another area of time. Like, you know, let's, let's do uh samurai or let's uh, do some old Western cowboy or let's do some, uh, you know, some fantasy. Like it, it would be really cool to see them do the same type of story built uh, RPG. Right. You know, the, the, the cool thing, which is their, their Achilles heel, is that you can count all your Bioware games on one hand, or two hands. They have a lot of opportunity. They have a lot of room. And that just, that makes me happy, because that just tells me that they have tons of open open storyline to, to, to give us. And I can't wait. So why do you think it is that Bioware doesn't have a lot of games out there do you think it's just because they put the right amount of energy into games to make sure that they're good the first time i mean honestly this is a whole nother segment another another podcast but you know a lot of companies do this they they i don't want to say they put all their eggs in one basket what i want to say is that they put a lot of time in a few a few games and you see this with 
a lot of companies. I mean, like I said, I don't want to get down this rabbit hole because we could talk about, I, I probably could talk about 20, 20 developers right now that needs to expand, but that's it. I mean, and that's the good thing about it is that they do put a lot of love and heart into it. If it falls on its face, then, you know, again, I honestly think that that Mass Effects was a good example. You know, it's not the vision that they wanted. They threw it out there. People got hooked. And now, you know, all these years later, they can actually make it the way the way that it was meant to be. I want to see them do that with with multiple franchises that they have. Um, thank goodness for this podcast. This is the last Bioware one I have. But, you know, I'd like to see them remaster it. I want to see I want to see it done again. And, and give us originally what they wanted, you know, with the new graphics and for what the story is, it, it, it's an amazing adventure. It has a, 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 an amazing twist, but, you know, don't, don't change the story too much. You know, you can tweak it. You can do little things here and there. Um, you know, you can go to the forums and look at what they needed to fix on Mass Effects, what they needed to fix on, on this game and, you know, give us give us what what was your original vision, and oh my goodness, I'll be the first in line waiting overnight if I have to to get this game. Absolutely, like a, a new director's cut version. Good night, game over, man. Absolutely, it, it it's definitely. So, what's your number two, boss? Uh, I'll tell you after we go over the number three. Oh, you're number three. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I had a suka on my mind that she's in that game. <laughs> so I, I really I, I want to set the stage for this game. So 1997, it, it was it was still in the early days for for gaming as you know the larger communities, but the main games that are really dominating in, in 1997. Correct me if you think I'm wrong, but are hmm. first person shooters like you know Quake and Doom and uh, Unreal Tournament. And then also fighters like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. You know, RPGs weren't very prevalent at that time. Wow. Yeah. No, it's definitely a different type or style of game. But yeah, no, it's 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 definitely one that I would I would also like to to give another chance at. So check this out. 1997, you know, opening up this game. You hear Ron Perlman's voice come over, you know, in an old timey, like 60s radio voice type uh, situation. You know, he goes, war, war never changes. Right. And then you start, it starts going through and it's playing this patriotic music and you're watching this, these scenes go by. And all of a sudden you see these guys in big suits of armors executing the guy in the middle of a street. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Fallout. Fallout is an nope. epic role-playing game where you get to play somebody that uh, is the descendant of the people that went into bolts to try to avoid nuclear fallout. And then uh, what happens is, is the systems are getting old and breaking down. And in order to survive, you have to go get a new water chip for your vault and your people to be able to continue producing water and live on. So they send you out into the wasteland to go and 
you know, mm-hmm. scavenge and try to find what you can. And so the game sets you on a, a time limit and shoots you out and doesn't really give you much information about where to go. And and you just get to explore this huge open area part of California um, and, and immerse yourself in an amazing story. Yeah, and, and the one thing about about Fallout, and I, and I just got to say, it, it's another example of, of a company, um, you know, Interplay, Interplay that is going to sit there and, and put a lot into their franchise, not put a lot out there. I mean, they do have their hands on a lot, but as far as 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 big IP, you know, I mean, you can't go wrong with Fallout. You, you never have. And, and, you know, that was another one that Jedi Knight came out in that year. Um, you have Mikey Island, you know, that, that was a good, a good year. You know, so, I think the yeah. thing that really attracted me the most to Fallout, though, is their ability to, to subliminally put so many pop culture and not just pop culture, but um, uh, like cult culture, like cult classics and different things mm-hmm. like that inside of their video games. I know in Fallout 1, you can uh, find a TARDIS. You can find a grounded UFO. There's references to um, Soylent Green and tons of other different movies. And it's it's really amazing when you, you sit there and recognize the amount of lengths that they went through to make it look like this was meant to be here rather than it's just something that I threw in there because I thought it was cool. And, and you know what's funny is that I thought you were going to go a totally different way with this. That's why I was caught off guard. I thought you were going to go with Final Fantasy VII. So, you know, unfortunately, the original Fallout was something that came in much later for me. Um, the Fallout uh, series in general. And in 97, man, there, I was playing two games. Well, three games probably more than anything. And that was going to be Final Fantasy VII, Turok, and Mortal Kombat 4. So, you know, that's, that's where I was at. It kind of went under the radar for me. Now, obviously, going back, you know, I mean, come on, who hasn't played Fallout? But like I said, you, you caught me off guard. I thought you were going a different route with this, and it's kind of cool to hear that you went Fallout. Perfect. That, that's what I was hoping is that I, I would slip you up on that one. You did. You did, and that's why I was stumbled. I was way prepared to talk about something totally different, <laughs> and then you pull Fallout, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, and that that year was an amazing year. I mean, there there are so many good games that came out, but like I said, I mean, totally outside this podcast for another time. But Turok, I mean, come on, that was an amazing game at that time. So on my on my sixty four, I was playing Turok, and then I was going back and forth with my PlayStation with Final Fantasy. So. I mean, I, I just, hey, like I said, you caught me off guard. I was going a totally different direction when you said that year. My number two, um, this this game means a lot to me. Um, this is a game that I will say that I've waited a long time for on every release of it, but um, Diablo. And as far as number two goes, it would be Diablo 2, obviously, um, for me with the expansion. Um, I don't know what to say other than I love this game. It's it's one of my favorite franchises in, in general. Blizzard just, it's another one 
let's have a handful of games and just put everything into it. Um, the release of Diablo 3 was kind of a disappointment for me, but hey, you know, whatever. It's still a good game, you know. Um, I do have, I, I got to get that back up, but I do have a shrine to Diablo. Um, I even have pets from BlizzCon. Um, I love me Diablo. I have Hellfire, the the original Sierra um, expansion for the original game. It's just something that that if, if it has Diablo printed on it, I'm going to get it. I love the way the game plays. I love the 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 voice actors. I mean, I joke about it all the time. Stay a while, mission. You know, I mean, Decker King is just somebody that will be in my life the rest of it. And um, yeah, th- this franchise to me is is something that that I'll never sway from. And I don't care how disappointed I get with the company. Um, I think the merger with Activision was probably not the best thing for for Blizzard, but Overall, you know, I think that Blizzard's going to come through. I think we're, we'll continue to get story with this. And if I have to wait another 245 years for the next um, game, I will. You know, I waited a long time for three, got disappointed. But, hey, you know, it's not something that I didn't go in line and wait for the expansion and, and pick it up, regardless of how I felt about it. It's just they, they always have me hooked. So, yeah, thank you, Blizzard. Diablo is, is my number two. Um, on my list you know Diablo is a really interesting game for me um I really really was attracted to the random loot drops um not really knowing what you're gonna get when you you kill a creature was really really an amazing um thing to me where I could I could never know if you know I'm gonna get the best armor or the best weapon um even though you know it's completely possible, but you know, it, it didn't discourage me. It just made me want to try harder. Oh, and and then hello to the 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 ladder systems, the you know the the seasons. You know, I mean, it 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 said it's that a spectrum that that I mean, even games today are doing. You know, I mean, Fortnite wouldn't be what it is without seasons and. That's what made Diablo. And then when they started opening up and you can keep your armors and, you know, go through the ladder system. And I'll tell you right now, I, I have armor that I got when Diablo two originally was released that I'll tell you right now, if my sister, if my computer died on me tomorrow, I would be crushed. You know, I mean, it's just, it's always evolving to me. Um, I can't wait to see what they do next. I, I, Ultimately, and overall, I love what they've done. Again, I think they waited a too long for Diablo 3. But, you know, hey, I, again, they're number two for a reason, and they get that pass. You know, I mean, that's what makes them so strong. You know, you can really upset a lot of your your dedicated um, fan base and still be on the top of the list. And again, it, it goes back to, to Diablo 2 for me. That's my favorite game with the expansions. Um, the expansion. I think Diablo 3 should have been an expansion to Diablo 2, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, no, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely there. It's interesting that you give them a pass because um, Diablo 2 to Diablo 3 uh, reminds me of uh, D&D 3.5 edition and then going into 4th edition. 
Um, it, it really felt like they were trying to, you know, take it from what it was to almost like an MMO type feel. And, and it really turned me off really fast. Um, I think I, I did a demo of it and I haven't picked it up again since. Oh, no, no, no. And, we, and that's another game that you got to play. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm giving it a hard time and I'm going to. I will continue to give it a hard time. And the reason why is it's a little bit different than how you viewed it. I think it's Diablo, or I think more so Diablo 2 to go into Diablo 3 is 3.0 going to 3.5. I think that they waited too long to give me a lot of the same. And that's that was the disappointment more than anything. I mean, how am I going to wait all these years and, and then get a game that's just graphically upgraded and bar none passed by so many in the same genre at the time. So, I mean, if this was, if this was a different podcast saying, Hey, what did you think about the, the MMOs that were released the year that Diablo three was released? It would be a totally different conversation. So, you know, I think it's a little bit too much of the same without more substance. It, it was a clean, it was a cleanup, you know, it was a remaster to me. And that's not what they, what I was expecting. So again, love it. It will always be a franchise that's on there. And I will just to throw a different part of my, um, you know, a life out there for you guys to know. One of the things that I do is I collect games and I am searching all over the place for an original box for my Hellfire. You know, that was one of those boxes that went with a metric crap ton of my 60 uh, N64 games that went to the dump. So uh, one day, one day I'll find a box to, because all my other Diablo games are sitting fat in boxes. I got you got them sitting there in my shrine except for hellfire and it's just sitting by itself in the lonesome. So one day I'll find that box again, but yep. Diablo. That's it for me. I feel like there's, there's nothing more to say except for, you know, enjoy your, your games, get out there and play something. You know, if you're a parent, play a game with your child, um, watch, watch them light up with joy. Uh, watch, watch what happens when you influence what their gaming is going to look like for the rest of their lives. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I wouldn't suggest bringing out an old school game for your kids because I've tried that. Um, my kids absolutely hate um, Ghosts and Goblins. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of new stuff out there. And even if you look like an idiot trying to do 90s on a on a new first person shooter because you can't keep up with what's going on. Hell, at least your kids are going to get enjoyment out of it. And if they get anything like we did, or even a glimpse of that time, I mean, I would first say go outside and have fun, but if you're inside stuck with, especially with what's going on right now, play games with your kids and they'll have a, they'll have a blast. All mine do. Don't forget, if you like us, leave a rating or comment on whatever platform you're listening to us. Uh, the Twitter handle is at the gaming Jenner 4 And I'm Curtis. And I'm Will. GG.